My good friend, Mr. Drunkard STL on the Twitters. So I done did it. You, you did it? Yeah. Probably a week too early, but that's okay. What'd you do, bud? Me and the lady went and bit the books on Jurassic World, as we were. <laughs> oh, man. So back, please. I will say, probably better than 37% that it's getting. Drunk. Drunk. Can I, can I introduce Travis? <laughs> sure. He fired out of a cannon drunk. Fired out of a kick. Guys, Travis is here. Hi, Travis. Hey, buddies. The phone number to contact the show is 636-487-HAND or WFOD show on Skype. Drunk. So, so they just they live in the world now, right? The, they, just, they just live in the world. The dinosaurs, they're out there in the world. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's their dominion? Is that what we're... Uh, is that what so, the they're out in the world, Travis. They're the dinosaurs. So, you know, what I thought was the stupidest plot point of the last movie. Okay. Which was the little girl that's the clone of the doctor or whatever. She's like the main plot of this movie. It's like, Does she have the secrets? Yeah, because she Do the dinosaurs kidnap her? 
and like they have to get her back. No, but you know the the bad people always oh. the bad people want this girl, right? And you know you know who works for the bad people. The Asian guy. The Asian guy, exactly. Right. Wormed his way in all six movies. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to make buku money just off those six movies. So, real quick, I didn't. I have not seen the second Jurassic World. What? What is the plot point with this cloned gal? Like, what? How does this? How does the second one tie to the first one? So, besides the fact that Chris Pratt is in it, the uh, guy that created. Jurassic Park, the Attenborough guy. Yep. His daughter's a doctor. Yep. She died young. Okay. But she made a clone of her and carried she used her. The di- she used the dinosaur technology to make a clone of herself? Yes. And okay. self-carried her. So she carried herself. Whoa. Yeah. I must not have been paying attention to that movie, Travis. I, I don't remember any of this. Well, no, we find that out in movie three. So oh, okay, so you're spoiling. Yeah, spoiling, spoiling right away. Uh, it's fucking Jurassic Park. What's there? Yeah, I want to see. I want to see dinosaurs eat people. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this this clone and stuff don't give a shit. Uh, but show me dinosaurs. But, um, but apparently, you know, this doctor did things the right way with her genetics as opposed to. The way they're doing things the wrong way with the dinosaur genetics or whatever. Oh. So with, with so they figured it out. So now they can make better dinosaurs. With her DNA. Right. They can figure out, yeah, what's wrong with the other dinosaurs. Oh, good. Good. So now we can make more of these movies, right? Well, sure. Yeah. yeah. So it, they figure they figure that if they just extract, extract the little girl or is she a little girl or is she just is a full grown? So woman in now? the second movie, she's 10 in this movie. She's 14. Okay, so this fourteen-year-old girl, her DNA apparently has the the code to make sure that all these dinosaur clones. So she can work never out, get sick. She's Dino from, like all DNA and all that other stuff. So we re- so they really want the dinosaurs to not be able to get sick and shit. Well, well you know, they they splice the old dinosaurs with like Komodo dragon and lizard and frog DNA. Well, now they just want it to be pure dinosaur DNA. Drunk. So did you did you like it, drunk? So tell me, do they do they create a dinosaur human hybrid in this one? No, they do not. Okay, and no no T Rex hybrid either on this one either. (laughs) I thought maybe if they were you know if they were looking for this girl's DNA, what they really wanted to do was use the perfect human clone DNA and cross it with the uh, with the dino. That'd be pretty fucking sweet. That could be the whole next three movies, Travis. But anyway, the next trilogy. So I, I I thought it was better than the. 37, 39% it's getting. So but I mean, what, do you, what would you say? A 50? 50%? Uh, high 50s, low 60s. How are they not running out of this dinosaur DNA, by the way? What do you mean? They had this dinosaur DNA. They, they, they started a, a mosquito. I was about to say, it just takes a little molecule. That's all you need. But how many molecules do they have? You just put it in a 3D printer, Travis. Like once they got it, they molecules? got it. You, you make them fuck to make more. Right, yeah, you, and now that dinosaurs are in the world, I, you can just have endless DNA. Okay, I thought you needed the original di- dinosaur DNA to be creating all of these other dinos. Wait, uh, what? No, wait. Wasn't there a thing where they were all female? They were all yeah, female, right? The first, yeah, because the they extracted it from that uh, weird yeah. fly that was like, wasn't it in like a uh, like a rose colored stone or something yeah, like amber, glass? Like they pulled it out of there. Yeah, yeah. In the in the long run, Travis, who gives a shit, right? I mean, like, how they give, don't how think about it too much. Dicks? Yeah, we, we got dinosaurs. 
from a, a mosquito. Be like, oh, well, how'd you get all the different ones? We had a lot of mosquitoes, right? Well, this one, the bad bug is Cretaceous and Locust. Oh. Are bugs the enemy in this one now? Ish. Don't rush out and see it. Is that what you're saying? I had a great time with it, but I knew what I was getting into. I was just there to see the dinosaurs. And you saw them. And enjoy myself. And I saw the dinosaurs and I enjoyed myself. There you go. Uh, Travis, last week we teased it. On the table here, uh, we do have uh, the Coca-Cola Starlight. Uh, I, I, Presented I, by Amazon Prime and the boys. Uh, I, I, I thought that the king of colas, he could probably give it a, a swig and, and taste it. So it says space flavored. It's space flavored. Yeah. What do you think? What would you say that that... Uh, bottle of coca-cola starlight is chilled to a nice 33 degrees it was like chilled that. to something before he brought it out it was in the hour. it was in the fridge uh i gave him a cup with ice uh, oh, i always feel like you need right before you're gonna serve a 20 ounce bottle you should throw it in the freezer for about five minutes uh, yeah. give, me, give me a little give me a little shot of that bud give me a little shot so that i could give it a taste it's red i don't know what i think about I was about that to say, it's been on the table for about 20 minutes so it's not as cold as it could be travis i have the original king of cola's theme song do you want to hear that Absolutely. Or, or okay well we'll, we'll you know do, i do we'll do the whole the lead in Didn't I try? But there's 12 choices. So good fucking luck. Good fucking luck. Tell me which one's Pepsi and which one is Coke. Give them a ranking. Inform all these folks. You don't have labels. I guess you do. You don't have names. Space one. All you have is your mouth to play this sweet game. Uh, Travis, I tasted it. I'll reserve my judgment for after uh, drunk tastes it. Yeah, wow. to, and to remind the folks at home, what was the ultimate cola of stars? The stars and stripes from Family Dollar, not Family Dollar, Dollar Tree. Yeah, Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree. It has a, uh, a three cola. liter of Stars and Stripes cola. Uh, drunk tried twelve colas. He's since tried other colas. We've added to it, but uh, at the time, he taste tested twelve colas and determined that Stars and Stripes cola was the best cola. And I bought it a couple times since, and. Very much enjoyed it. It's good stuff. Shout out to Dollar uh, Tree. So we're adding to it. We have a Starlight Cola. 
drunk. Give it, give it a swig. Presented by the Amazon Prime and the boys. So it's good going down. Has a bit of an aftertaste, but the aftertaste I do not hate. It, I kind of got like a like a like a cookie vibe from it. It almost bit. has like a uh, baked taste to when it. When you go to the website, it says something about sparkling, and that gave me a bit of a pause because I'm not about the sparkling water phase that's going on right now. So, ooh, yeah, I don't like it. Travis, I, you know I the sparkling you just means uh, carbonated, right? Yeah, and all colas are carbonated. I get it. <laughs> in, in the chat, Maul recommends uh, Fago, Travis, which I have not been able to procure us any Fago. Fago is fine, hard to find in St. Louis for drunk to t- try. If I ever Fago's see it somewhere, I'll get it and we'll add it to the list. Uh, if you really want Fago, is everywhere in Wisconsin. Um, so you guys got Jolt up there because Jolt is hard to find in St. Louis too. Uh, I can't. I can't remember the last time I've seen Jolt. Actually, that was obviously a childhood favorite. Uh, but Fago is almost like the store brand for our uh, yeah, chain I, of I, quick I think Fago is bigger stores. up north than it is in the Midwest. Uh, the Insane Clown Posse. They, they so like now I'm going to try it on ice. Uh, it turns out Jolt Cola. I used to go get that at the fluorescent dairy, and then I'd just act crazy. I'd be like, "Whoa, guys! I had a Jolt, you know? Right. Jolted? Yeah. Uh, Whether it did answers. anything or not." Back in the day when they used to actually, you know, make 20 ounces. I'd have a friend over for the weekend. I think it was, you know, we'd rent a Nintendo game and play through it. But uh, it was always uh, the two stops that we'd make. We'd grab the kid. We'd go to the store. We'd get a 12-pack of Jolt Cola. Then head to the video store to pick out what Nintendo game we wanted. And then proceed to just slam that 12-pack of Jolt and play through, like, Rocket Ranger on NES. Fuck yeah. So you know Travis. what it tastes like? And okay. the people from the South... Don't know what I'm talking about here. Uh, it kind of tastes like a big red. It has a weird aftertaste. Oh, like a cherry-ish? I don't like it. Yeah. It's like a cherry it's cream red, soda almost. B- big red is like uh, RC Cola's cherry, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a cherry cream. Travis, coming up after the break, we're going to talk to Michael J. Bowen. He uh, wrote a book about his life. Looking forward to talking to him. Uh, he was an extra in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie called Raw Deal. And so then he's leaving uh, from being in Raw Deal. Oh, by the way, he, he was uh, dressed up like a transvestite. He was in like a transvestite bar. He was an extra uh, in the background, dressed up like a transvestite. Oh, is there a transvestite bar scene like in Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Yeah. Oh, I love it. So I forgot. Right. They're talking about Serge in the comments. We still have Serge here. You can get it at Quick Trip. You can get it a lot of places. So, Travis, I'm going through Raw Deal earlier, right? Great movie, by the way. All the Arnold movies are great. It's one of those early ones. uh, What's your favorite Arnold movie? uh, Commando. Yeah, Yeah, mine too. Uh, And uh, without a doubt is on that one. I was watching watching looking for Mike. Uh, I I couldn't find him, but uh, I, I pulled a good Arnold clip from Raw Deal. We got a call. Somebody thought there was some trouble here. Well, the boys were having some trouble with their makeup. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, the 1980s. Michael, Michael, uh, he, he films for one day as an extra on this movie, and then he's pulling out uh, still dressed like a transvestite. It's not his like normal garb. You know, he, he's just being silly for the movie. 
and uh, get, gets fucking rocked like another car hits him and fucks him all up. So he had a long road to recovery. It's interesting. I'm looking forward to talking to him. Trevor. I know you saw it. I don't know if Drunk saw it. Drunk, did you see Angry Tom Hanks this week? Nope. Okay, so these uh, these guys are following Tom Hanks on like a street, right? Okay. Trying to get his autograph. Uh, bump just, it. just picture picture any scene on the street where Tom Hanks is walking out of a building. You know, million paparazzi, sure, bunch sure, of sure. fans. <laughs> His birthday's getting ready to come up, too. Travis, I'm really excited because if if you watch it, there's a super villain or- origin story in here because the, the guy oh, yeah. who bumps into Rita Wilson, Tom, uh, Tom Hanks' wife, I don't know right, if you know right, that. Right, right. The guy who bumps into Rita Wilson totally blames it on this other guy. And Tom Hanks yells at the other guy who got blamed for it. It wasn't him. It was the guy that hit, that hit him. That, that said shit. It, it, so I, I got the clip. Back the fuck off! What are y'all doing? What do you want to do? Keep on. Knock it over my wife. Yeah, they're bugging. They're bugging. What are y'all doing? You, you know what? He's Knock the one that- it over my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the funny thing about that, if you watch yeah. the video, and I, I encourage everybody to do so, she kind of just stutter steps. Yeah. It's like if you like, kind of trip over like a doorway encroachment or whatever right, but you right, catch right, yourself right. immediately like nothing bad happens yeah no That's they didn't knock happened. over his wife they startled his wife like like yeah, uh like, like you're <laughs> kind of funnily getting on the first uh step of the elevator or escalator exactly it's exactly <laughs> that she there was no danger of her ever going to the ground but here we are but but it's the greatest clip ever uh drunk because tom hanks makes eye contact with this little nerdy white boy and like the camera pans to him and he's looking like i didn't do shit tom hanks he's got like glasses and a buzz cut his like his it's it's funny because like his his jaws extended out past his chest and his like long neck has got like these veins poking out of it (laughs) this motherfucker made tom hanks yell at me you know what i'm saying Travis? I made something. I'm pretty, so, so. Uh, it, I don't think I don't think that other people will think it's funny, but it tickled me to death to make this, Travis. Uh, I want to share it with you. That tickled me to death, Travis. I'll tell you. <laughs> I was having so much fun sitting in here fucking around with. Uh, Tom Hanks yelling the, back the fuck There's got to be other songs that you can put in like, you're knocking over my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, what's going on with the, the Flash guy? The guy who's playing the Flash? I have seen. So he like kidnapped somebody. Yeah. So the deal with, I mean, obviously people have seen what's going on with Ezra Miller. He's obviously an unhinged person. Or they. I'm sorry. They are obviously oh, a very is he a they? person. Yeah, he's a they. Oh. Um, so initially I think didn't he get he got busted for f- freaking out in a karaoke bar and jerking the microphone out of somebody's hand while they were singing and telling like the 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 boyfriend or husband of that gal that he was going to kick their asses or some shit and he was throwing chairs around. Then he got busted, I think, um, at somebody's home because he said he was going to kill him and her wife, uh, whatever. So, so are all these the things most... happening like back to back to back or are we just yeah. finding out about a series with, of. With, with, yeah, no, within like these these incidents happened within like, 
I want to say a week of each other. Um, and it was all in Hawaii. These newest allegations against Ezra Miller are from a gal's parents where apparently there was a, a young fan of Ezra Miller's. And I believe initially when they first had contact, she was like 12 and he was like 26. Oh, no. Um, and then, like, I think something about like they went on a trip together and uh, a bunch of crazy shit's happening. But essentially what it's boiled down to right now is that uh, Ezra Miller is uh, uh, essentially kidnapped like a 15 year old girl, even though she says she's all everything is all good and she's fine. And, you know, there's no no issues. She's she's a 15 year old girl and her parents obviously want her back, uh, but they can't track down Ezra Miller to uh, arrest him now. So he's off the grid with uh, some 15 year old girl. And, uh, you know, I mean. That's that's essentially what the newest uh, controversy is with with Ezra. So uh, Travis is this Flash movie? Is it just not gonna? Because they filmed the fucking thing, right? It's go. It's in the can. The Flash. Yeah, movie. it's ready to rock. Uh, Michael Keaton's return uh, as Batman is uh, is all. It's everything's in the can. It's ready to go. But they just keep encountering more and more issues with uh, Ezra Miller. That I would find that it's probably harder and harder to release this thing. And Christopher Plummer's dead, so we can't use him anymore. Yes. Yeah, you can't put him in there. There was actually talk about uh, what are they going to do? Are they going to recast and they're going to reshoot him? But uh, you have to understand that this is a Flash movie and Ezra Miller is the Flash. So he's probably in 90 percent of this DC movie that they probably spent three hundred million dollars on already. Travis. OK, so it, part of insurance now is you just have another guy film all the scenes while you're filming the scenes with them. Just, just like quickly right away after you film the first yeah, set. Yeah, like when he set. goes back to his trailer, you just throw in another flash in case. In yeah, case you need to case. recut the whole fucking thing. Because, I mean, you well, don't do want to recut like, the whole thing. How do we do thing. that with movies in general? We'd have to film the understudies for every single part. Right. right? And just be like, all right, Ezra, this is, uh, this is just in case. Of course, you're still going to be the flash. Unless for some reason you kidnap a fifteen-year-old or something. Yeah, but what do you have to do that with every character? You'd have to do that with everything. Yeah, or I guess the main star. Probably some people you could just green screen Tignataro. You could cut out secondary characters, yeah. right? Like you just be like, oh no, that's we're chopping that out. But when you're talking about the main person, yeah, it's like, hey, we're just shooting for safety, Ezra. This is in case you lose your mind in a karaoke bar and throw chairs at patrons, right? And maybe. You know, if that's not the case, maybe if you like break into somebody's house and threaten to kill uh, the husband and wife or maybe not that, you know, because that probably won't happen uh, if you kidnap a 15 year old girl. I mean, obviously, there's no way all of those things are going to happen. But <laughs> if one of those things happen to happen, uh, you know, we got to cover our ass. But I mean, that that Marky Mark movie had a little bit of Kevin Spacey in it. So they were able to just kind of figure it out. But like if it had right. been Marky Mark who fucked up, well, then you got a whole can of worms, Travis. And we spent right. a lot of money on this movie where like if we we're already setting up the car chase scene, just do it with another guy real quick while you already got the car chase there. Well, and that's the thing with the car chase. You just have the car chase so you can cut. You can you can film around that because nobody's going to notice the actual car chase. But the cheap thing to refilm would be just to film them in the driver's seat pretending that they're driving a car. So the the, the problem with this is you're not going to get two A-listers, right? So it, yeah, it, no. if you're sh if you're shooting for safety for like Marky Mark and you got, I don't know, uh, 
some random stars yeah, series or, actor, yeah. right? You, you have him on retainer. It could be their you big bring, break, Travis. Right. Well, and it's not even going to be their big break because what we're doing is we're shooting this big budget movie to release in theaters. But if we get fucked by the main star, this is going directly to Paramount Plus. And Don't we'll still won't probably we just be happy to have the Flash movie and have Michael Keaton come back as Batman? And I mean, like, yeah, the Flash is in it, and it's not who we thought was going to be the Flash, but we're still getting it, right? Yeah, who gives a shit? Thank God we I mean, don't have to watch in, that kidnap guy. Who gives a shit anyway? Just put the movie out. You can't do that. They gotta worry. They gotta worry about their box office. Yeah. You know, that's just like the the, the controversy optics, with. Amber Heard being an Aquaman 2, you know, they're freaking out about that. And, you know. I don't know. But yeah, just I, I, think, I think they should put her in it just because it'd be fucking hilarious. Make it drop make, it on HBO Max. Who gives two shits? Make it a Muppet, don't explain it. It's like yeah. Fozzie Bears the Flash. <laughs> don't explain anything. So guys, we'll be back. Uh stick around. It's time once again for the Hollywood Beat with your inside source drunk. And this week. Talk to Miles Teller about his new film, Top Gun Maverick, in theaters now. Did you have fun working with Tom Cruise? Or was it an absolute fucking nightmare? Tom has taught us all how to how to film an action sequence. That is something that when I first would, was watching playback of what I was doing, I would think I was doing very uh, dynamic, interesting, intense work, and I'd watch it back and it would just seem flat. Is that maybe on account you were scared shitless because you're not a real pilot? I know Tom didn't want it to be any green screen. He wanted all the actors to be in the jets. That's something we signed up for. I don't think any of us really knew how tough that would be, um, myself included. Blink twice if you need help. Is that a falling star? No, it's a UFO. Holy shit. We're not alone, Joe. Are these beings friendly or foe? I guess pretty soon we'll know. Venture a highway is under attack. The days and nights are filled with fights we need to have each other's back i guess we'll probably die right because the bombs are dropping everywhere these fucking bastards don't fight fair we've got the ammo you better share Alligator lizards in the air, in the air.
And now, Drunk reads our iTunes reviews in his Wolverine voice. From Too Honest ASF, you called me. Why did you call me? Five stars. Thanks, Too Honest ASF. Want Drunk to read yours? Rate and review us on iTunes. Now, paint that picture in your head. Once again, WFOD. Wheelbarrow full of dicks. back our guest tonight is an author whose memoir the viewfinder michael's story can be purchased now on amazon or barnes and nobles uh for more information visit anchorspublishing.com guys michael j bowen is on the program michael how's it going man hey mike how's it going thanks for having me uh would you would you call this like a like a Life flashing before your eyes, I guess. That's what we would call this. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, in a way, it was a, you know, I uh, in my book, I kind of uh, classified as a, a spiritual intervention. It's the best way I could uh, describe it. Yeah. So, Travis, what happened? Michael went to be an extra in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It was a raw deal. And uh, I, I, there was a scene in a nightclub. I, I guess it was like a, a transvestite club. And so Michael uh, dresses up in a, in a get-up, uh, which is uncommon for him, is uh, not, not his usual clothing, and goes to be in this uh, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Michael, did you make the final cut of the movie? Uh, raw deal? Or are you in it? Yeah, it's you know as an extra, you, you you hope to be in it for a couple of seconds, and uh, it just so happened one of the key grips uh, for the movie was a friend of Schwarzenegger, and and he had heard about uh, my accident, and uh, came to the hospital, and was just very friendly to my my parents, and gave me a lot of uh, support and comfort. And that was one of the things I asked him. I said, you know, said, uh, Arnold, what's the chances uh, my part's going to end up on the uh, on the cutting floor? He said, I'll make sure it doesn't. So, yeah, I'm in there for about two seconds. <laughs> well, it's two seconds. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so 
you, you I, film- I'm interested in being in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie for two seconds. Like that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> so my my I, how did you know? How did you find out about it? Like, was it in the paper or something? How do you even? I went to school of the University of North Carolina at Wilmington, and there is a movie studio here. Now it's called Screen Gems, and Schwarzenegger was doing one of his probably one of his least successful movies called Raw Deal, and uh, they had scouts that would come out to the university uh, looking for extras for movies, and I just so happened to be in the I guess you can say right place at the right time. Uh, they were looking for extras to play all these different characters in this bar scene. And, uh, mine happened to be a, you know, a transvestite. So I needed the $50 it was going to pay as a starving, uh, uh, college student. And that, that was how it came about. So you're, you're pulling out from being in, in the background of this movie and somebody, Sideswipes you, right? You're in yeah. like like a awful awful car crash. I guess you you're in a, a I think I, I read you're in like a VW Bug. So those uh I don't think those are known for safety, Michael. Uh, My car was I converted Baja Bug, so some something similar to a Doom buggy, and so <laughs> you can picture a. Because I didn't, I didn't get out of character when I left the movie set. I, I decided, you know, I would just jump in my, my car as I dressed as a transvestite and, uh, hopped in my car. And as soon as I drove off the set, pulled in an intersection and didn't see oncoming car and it hit me on my driver's side. And I think I read that one of the, your last thoughts was, oh man, they're going to, come find me like this and and not know that this isn't how i usually dress oh yeah i mean this is this was the 80s uh this is 1980 uh, 85 and it was at the height of the aids epidemic um and you know it was you know when you when you when you get injured a lot of things uh, swirl through your mind and i'm not sure why that was yeah so hard pressed on but but it was you know I just I wanted to make sure I was getting taken care of and of course paramedics did did a great job. You described that when this happened, like your mind just kind of went to like a bunch of memories of when you were a kid, and I, I guess that that's like a near death experience. I think other people have described that as like a like your life flashing before your eyes. I guess is that. Uh, defense mechanism? Yeah. Is that like your body protecting you from... What would you so describe that as? Yeah, that's, that's what I thought at the time. When I had my accident, when, when the car hit me on the driver's side, it catapulted me to the passenger side, and when it did, my body hit the door, but my head and neck had no support, and so it, it broke my neck and hit the windshield, the uh, driver's side uh, window, broke my neck. And when I came to, um, I'm not sure how much, not too much longer uh, than after I had the accident, I tried to move and realized that I was paralyzed from the neck down. And being a, I was a college athlete, uh, college center player at UNC Wilmington, 
uh, I all I could think of was that's the end of my career. And it was as if, like you said, it was more than my my conscious mind could could comprehend. And I just remember passing out. And that's when the pictures just kind of flashed before me of my childhood. So I thought that my life was flashing before me. How long were you paralyzed? I was paralyzed for the first month, a month, about a month and a week. Um, I was uh, a full quadriplegic. Michael, that's terrifying. Were the doctors optimistic when you were in the hospital? Did they say, hey, you know, this is a temporary thing or were they like, you know, we can work on this? What was the prognosis the entire time that you, like you said, were a quadriplegic? Um, the prognosis was simply they don't know. Um, with spinal injuries and still today with all the super steroids and and uh, advances in surgery, uh, it's still today that there, there's a period of six to eight weeks, which is called spinal shock. They just don't know. Um, and that was the case with me, is trying to figure out if I would uh, remain a complete quadriplegic or there'd be a, an opportunity for me to get some return back. So what was the what was the moment of of return to that like like what was the what, was it like was it like it is in the movies where all of a sudden somebody's toes start wagging or their fingers start wagging and they're like oh shit we're on a uh, we're in a good place we're in a good place to go like did you have that breakthrough moment where things are going to look up yeah in the in the book uh, you know I describe those moments where you. You're just astonished when you have the smallest amount of return. And for me, the very first sign was with my my first uh, in-hospital therapist. We were uh, she was just putting my 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 legs through range of motion, and I happened to move my big toe uh, on my own. You know, I mean, that's to me, it moved on my own, and she said did you move your toe? And I said, I don't think so. And then um, just kind of concentrating on closing my eyes and remembering what it was like to, to move my toe. And, uh, you know, there, there you go. And so it was a very gradual process of getting return of certain, certain body parts. Do you still have like a, a, Issues from that crash, or are you like fully recovered at this point? No, I've been very blessed. I'm, I'm one of the um, few quadriplegics, especially back in the 80s, yeah. uh, that learned to walk again. Um, but I still have never regained feeling from the neck down, and I still have residual paralysis on my right side. Oh. And uh, so, no, I'm I, 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 you can't say I had a full recovery. I just had a very good recovery. And, uh, oh, so you learned really how to hard. walk, but you, you have, you still have no feeling below your neck? Yes. And wow. a lot of people, especially are not familiar with spinal injuries, you know, you have sensory feeling, which is, you know, touch feeling, but then there's, there's a pressure feeling of if someone squeezes my arm, 
I know they're squeezing my arm. If I'm, if I'm standing on my feet, I can feel the pressure of the floor pressing against my feet, but I cannot feel touch. And so that was the reason why I was able to learn to walk again because of that, that pressure feeling of knowing that I'm standing. Um, but still today, I still look at the, look at my feet sometimes to make sure they're, they're going in the right direction. So the, the book, it's called Viewfinder Michael's Story. Uh, it's available on uh, yes. Am- Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble. Guys, you can read the first chapter if you go to uh, anchorspublishing.com. It's, it's, it's quite, a, quite a tale, Michael, that you put together in this book. Yeah, I mean, I've, uh, my wife is a very strong writer, and I've had the, uh, the privilege of working with uh, Jennifer Schaefer, who's a professional editor. And, and between the three of us, I think it's a good read, and I've gotten a lot of positive uh, reviews. So I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and thankful for that. Michael, it is a pleasure talking to you, man. Good luck with the book, and hopefully we can do it again sometime, man. Guys, I I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Michael. Take care. Yep. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye-bye. Wild story, Travis. Wild story. Dressed up like a a transvestite. Well, and think about it. Like, you know, when you think about that this day and age you're just like oh it's just like a guy dressed like a gal but like in the 80s yeah no uh, i think nancy reagan was saying hey it's all bad this stuff all this stuff is bad yeah it's the aids uh travis uh joe biden he fell off his bike uh, i heard about that i heard it was hilarious <laughs> like he didn't put his arm uh, out or nothing did you see some of the ma- like th- there hasn't been an amazing uh, like conglomeration of people taking that footage and editing it into other things <laughs> since Joe Biden fell up the stairs walking up the to the to the plane. George, I, did, I didn't really see very many memes. I just saw people that like turned it into a Trump thing. It was like, eh, oh, well, Trump wouldn't like, ride a bike. Like, can't I, you just laugh at a guy falling off a bike? Initially, when I saw it. I was like, this is great. If any president did this, it'd be hilarious right. and we would turn it into memes. But we're at a in an age now where if you look five minutes longer than you should, it's people like, yeah, he's, this doesn't mean he's unfit to be president. You fucking right. racist. No, if, if Trump fell off a bike, that would be hilarious, too. Also uh, hilarious. If anybody also falls hilarious. off a bike, it's funny. Yeah. yeah. It's the president. Yeah. The president fell off well, his bike. It's funny. Yeah. It's a funny was thing it, to see. Was it Barstool Sports that did like an amazing like re-edit of him falling off his bike, but it was like him like pinning people in a UFC match and <laughs> there was all sorts of really fun shit that they used him just like falling over and over again. Guys, send uh, me those it, memes. I, I didn't see them. Uh, if you listen to this and you know where there's some good memes of the guy falling off his bike, send them to me. I'm sure they're great. Yeah, because he's fine. It's great. It's fine. He's the president. Yeah. He's alive. He got up. He started riding his bike again. Who gives and, a shit? And you're right. He fell off his bike. It's hilarious. Trump probably would be bad at riding bikes, but apparently so is Joe Biden. He fell off his bike. It's funny. Yeah. They're 80 year old men who yeah. what 80 year old men are good at riding bikes. Yeah. All old people riding bikes. If they fall off it, it's funny. Or young. We people. used to have the, the, the funny talk of 80 year old men riding, but we used to have this old, old man who uh, would would uh, roller skate. 
not rollerblade, roller skate down one of our main roads in this town. And he wouldn't just roller skate. He like uh, he'd wear headphones. I swear to Christ, he probably was using a Walkman because he was using like those old school, you know, where it's like yeah. black and then the metal extends to get the, the earpieces over your yeah, ears. Um, and he would like roller dance. Like, I don't know what kind of music he was listening to, but he would like on any given day, like roller dance, like doing little spins and shit. And this guy had to have been. If he wasn't in his 80s, he was 100% in his 70s. And he would just, like, every day, just roller dance down this, like, road. And everybody, like, noticed him and things. And he's so wearing, they, like, short short shorts and a white beater? Uh, it probably wasn't too far off, to be honest. I, I pictured short denim shorts. And then just you know normal normal shirt, but uh, I can't I can't really recall his his mode of dress every day. But uh, yeah, and and to be honest, you know it was a nice thing to see. He's like, oh, this old man just loves doing roller dances down the road. But I'll tell you what, if he would have fell down, it probably would have been pretty funny. Absolutely, Trevor. It's not the things that you think it would be. Like the the images that flash in front of your mind, uh, like a viewfinder, you know what I'm saying? But do you think that one of them might be that guy calling you a popcorn bitch? I was thinking about this the other day, actually, and I wondered if things did flash before my eyes. I would wonder if it would be the good things or it would be the traumatizing things, right? Like um, I had kind of a, a sketchy childhood. And, sketchy, and like you'd say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, I grew up with uh, alcohol, alcoholic stepdads and uh, my mom dating random bar owners and things. Like, I was like, if I could write a book, there's a lot of stories. Like, uh, on my golden birthday, we went to dinner. Uh, I was 12. Uh, we came home, and my fairly new cat must have got out on the counter and fucking knocked something over or something, and my stepdad. Uh, grabbed that cat by the tail and swung him around and flipped him up into the ceiling. Um, so, you know, like there's some traumatizing events um, through my childhood and I guess through my life. But I wonder if you're when your life flashes before your eyes, um, does your brain default to good things or bad things? Because typically your brain as a, a mode of protection defaults to the worst case scenario. So I wonder if it was in trauma, does it go to the best case scenario or does it go back to the worst case scenarios? Did you catch all that, Tron? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I think Drunk's like deep in thought. Is he taking a nap? I don't know what he's doing. I'm thinking about it. He's I'm think thinking about what you said. So that's the thing. It's like, do you think that your brain in a last moment when it thinks that it's the end does it do you think that it defaults to the best I'm moments go of your life on what like type of person you are for me it'll be positive because i'm a positive person for negative nancy mike over here it's probably gonna be negative <laughs> travis when i was uh when i was seven years old uh me and jeremy griner we were fucking with a uh, uh, rusty rusty was a uh, golden retriever and we were fucking with him and he bit me and uh, I still have the stitches. It, my, I'll never be a hand model, Travis, uh, because he mm. put a whole bunch of stitches in my hand. And uh, Shoot, I, shooting for dags. I was afraid that I'd get in trouble. And I told my parents that Rusty jumped the fence and attacked me. 
Uh, but that was not the case. Uh, I was fucking oh, with Rusty, yep. and I put my hand over the fence. And I think they knew they knew I was lying. Sure. I think I was a lying-ass kid, because I think I lied a lot. Oh, yeah, man. We, we lived... Uh, one of my favorite things about... I think it was probably between second grade and fifth, sixth grade. We lived next to a lake um, in, a, in an adjoining town. And so I lived in this lake pretty much. I mean, we'd go out and we'd hang out or whatever. But they had like vending machines and shit. And uh, one of my and he was probably a, the bad influence. He was like two years older than me. We go and we'd like jack when you used to be able to jack soda machines when you could just like shove your hand and arm up the chute that the soda would fall down. You could like grab soda out of the machine. Um, you can't do that anymore. There's protective measures that don't uh, move out of the way until you put coins in. But we'd like jack cherry cokes and shit out of this machine yeah. or whatever. And I remember um, coming home with a cherry coke one time and uh, mom being like, where'd you get that? And then I, I can't remember what the lie was that I tried to formulate. Friend gave and it to me. Right. It eventually just came out that I stole it out of this machine. Um, you know, and then, of course, all the penance that came with that uh, was like, oh, you got to contact this person, give this person fucking the 25 cents and oh, all that gotta, kind of shit. You got to pay the 25 cents back. Yeah. And then say, oh, I'm a bad kid. Sorry, I'll never do it again. Uh, drunk pick of the week. Uh, Laura and I have pretty much just nonstop been uh, watching Taskmaster. Uh, and we, we've gotten through five seasons of Taskmaster. And after Netflix or Hulu or a- uh, it, it's just on uh, it's a British show. OK, what is this about, please? Uh, so the this guy, he gives five comedians tasks to do and the tasks are ridiculous. Oh, Lydia was watching this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so after five seasons, Travis, they did the champion of champions. So the champion of champions is my pick of the week. It's a two part special. It's probably years old at this point, uh, but. Every year, except see the first season, they just gave out like a cheap bowling trophy because they didn't know that it was going to be a big hit. But then in subsequent seasons, they gave out the Taskmaster's golden head as like the trophy. They made a golden head to give people. Mm. And so when they did the champion of champions, they had the genius idea of giving them a golden body to attach the golden head to that they had won. But the guy who won the first season and got the bowling trophy won the champion of champions and didn't have the golden head, Travis. So he so the, attached they his won the body, but not the head. bowling trophy to the golden body. It's 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 stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid show, Travis. But uh, if if you uh, check it out, guys, Taskmaster. It's been on for like a hundred years. Uh, it's like on season thirteen now. So. This is a BBC show. Yeah. Drunk pick of the week. The comeback of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, you you calling it? It's calling it right here, right meow. You think they got cocky? Six. In six, you think? In six. They'd have to win all of them now. That's how they did the Rangers. Yeah, but it is the Rangers. So? Wow. Travis, he thinks he's going to do it in six. They. they the lofty goal. They got the shit kicked out of them in games one and two. Game game three, they did pretty good. Now they got to win out. He thinks they're going to do it in six. Just going to win right out, huh? They're going to win all the rest. Wow. You think it'll probably go seven, right? Six. Hmm. 
Travis, pick of the week? Yeah. All uh, right. Yeah, pick of the week uh, <laughs> this week. I just started watching today uh, Under the Banner of Heaven, starring uh, Andrew Garfield as an LDS uh, practicing uh, police detective. I believe this is based on a true story. It takes place in the 1980s. Uh, it's the murder of a, a, a high-standing member of the Latter-day Saints community. Um, and then the investigation that follows. So far, I'm like an episode and three quarters into it. There's only seven episodes. Uh, so far, I love the tone, love the acting, love the story. Can't really uh, trust those LDS folks. LDS. Very, very Latter -day good Latter-day Saints, uh, Mormons. Yeah, Mormons. Latter-day Saints, Mormons. It's uh, um, on Hulu. The, the it's an FX it show. Tablets. Yeah. Dum-da-dum-dum-dum, that one. Knock on your door and do be match Lord and Savior Jesus. That's Christ. not the guy on the boat though. That's Scientologist, right? Yeah. Scientologist is on the boat. Yeah, the no, boat was the Scientologist. The Scientologist right? has got to do with aliens and shit. The uh, the Mormons are it's like uh, magic underwear and uh they don't believe in original sin. And Jesus yeah. he was an Indian. Right? When Jesus an Indian? Yeah, yeah. I don't think was he? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Because the Garden of Eden was in Jackson, Missouri. Huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That is a likely story, right? Have yeah, you ever been in Jackson, Missouri? Guarantee you the Garden of Eden wasn't there. Thousand yeah. percent. All of the, all of these random religions, that uh, it all seems super plausible. <laughs> maybe, maybe we need to figure this all out, Travis. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Something about protozoa and uh, evolution and how nothing means anything. Pro protozoa, which one's that? Yeah, come from uh, puddle of goo. Yeah, that's probably it. I would think. Something about an explosion. You used to be a single cell organism. Now you're not. Now I'm a whole bunch of cells, Travis. Probably I too can, many. I can go order uh, a triple chalupa from Taco Bell. We've come very Are far. They back? <laughs> talking about the universe, talking about religions. Get drunk on the chalupa, Travis. I love a triple chalupa, dude. It's so good. I'm Bill Bannon. Um, if you're homeless, just buy a house. This installment of WFOD. To enjoy our back catalog, visit WFODshow.com. Be sure to share the show with a friend. Fuck Thank me, you to Zach our Patreon Morris. sponsors for their continued support. Uh, 
Bad Poet Society, The Rabbit Poundings, Valerie Carpenter, Brian Kranz, and our North Star, Liquid Lozenge. If you would like to donate to keep this pirate ship afloat, visit patreon.com slash WFODicks. Follow us on social media. Email any of us with your, our name and uh, at WFODshow.com on the end. Or leave us a voicemail at 636-487-HAND.com. We'll be back next week. Hey, subscribe on YouTube and uh, Twitch or uh, Apple Podcasts or .com or uh, Stitcher or wherever it is that you listen to it. Subscribe to it so that you get the newest episodes. Uh, yeah, thanks. See you next week. Bye. .com. I really, 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 really badly want to see the black phone. He was talking about how he doesn't like to play bad guys because uh, uh, he never looked at Jack Nicholson the same after he was uh, in The Shining. So I, I, after, that seems pretty early on not to be able to look at Jack Nicholson the same. Yeah, after that, you know, I, I saw his evil. That's not really what he said, is it? Yeah, tell Ethan Hawke to fuck off, guys. Oh, fuck. That's like Sean Penn kind of shit. Yeah. Like, blow me. I saw his evil. Yeah, go fuck yourself, Ethan Hawke. It's a fucking movie, you turd. Stupid ass. Gotta hate that guy. Go get another fucking Kevin Bacon haircut for Moon Knight Part 2, you fucking dumb shit. <laughs> I hate playing the the baddie, you know, just, and the reason why I I don't like it is I like playing flawed characters and people who aren't likable and things like that's always drawn to me, but Whenever you're overtly evil, you teach the audience how to see what's evil about you. And once you teach them that, they can't unsee it. And they, they kind of bring it into every part you do. I have this theory about Jack Nicholson kind of, he's not the same actor post The Shining. You're like once you see The Shining, you look at everything he does, it's like, wait, is he gonna chop off my head? Uh, and so it changes the way an audience relates to you. So I kind of thought, oh, I wouldn't want to do it. But then when I felt the heart of the piece, and I also was really excited about the idea of playing a character in a mask. I mean, I, it seemed crazy to me. Um, it seemed like some strange, abstract Greek theater piece. Uh, and the character became something I'd never done before. So I the chance to do that with Scott, with a script that worked so well, it was an easy decision.